Okay, everybody. Good morning. Everybody hear me at the back? Yeah, good. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for coming. Uh, good morning. Welcome to Modex. Uh, Great to see a lot of people. A lot of people here interested in slotting, so this is good. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, my name is Neil O'Kane. Uh, I'm the manager of uh, optimiza optimization solutions uh, with Mantis. Right beside me here, this is Lee Rector, our executive vice president. No. <laughs> okay, so we will get right into it. A uh, little bit about us. Uh, we are a leading WMS and software solutions provider, head office out of Greece, and we have offices in Atlanta here in the U.S. and out of Toronto, Canada. This is where uh, Lee and I come from, and it was uh, in Toronto. This is where we developed the slotting solution that we're going to be talking about today. So Insight, as we walk through the presentation, you're going to see Mantis, you're going to see Insight as well. Uh, the slotting solution, which we're going to show you, was developed by Insight Group Technologies, and it was about two years ago, Lee? Am I right? About two years ago, um, Mantis partnered with, uh, with Insight. So this is where you're going to see not just the one name, you'll see Mantis and you'll see Insight as well. So what we're going to be talking about today is our desktop software. Uh, it's called DC Expert, and this is the uh, slotting and optimization uh, software. We have clients all over the world. We're, about 500, we're in about 500 operations worldwide. Uh, these are just some of our bigger clients. Johnson & Johnson, Siva Logistics, um, Odyssey, BevChain. So we really run the gambit when it comes to industries. So DC Expert 4.5, this is the slotting solution that we're going to be talking about today. The whole goal here is to maximize the warehouse facility. We want to increase the cubic utilization Basically, what this boils down to, get the right product in the right place. We're looking at travel models. We want to make it so the pickers don't have to travel as far as they do now. We want to try to cut that as much as we can to save as much money as we can. DC Expert, it will, um, we have a few different models, uh, a few different modules within uh, DC Expert, uh, rack selection, dock planner, warehouse layout, and benchmark. As we go through, we'll talk about all these and we'll explain them a little bit as we go. So DC Experts, it's the only product on the market where we'll integrate all aspects of warehouse planning into one tool set. This is where I, you heard me say rack selection. We have a module in here which will allow you to import your SKU information and then have the software basically tell you how many or which is going to be the most cost-effective storage medium to use for the product you're shipping, whether this is adjustable pallet racking or whether it's flow rack or ASRS. That is always big, right? Anything, any kind of software solution we have, the output is only going to be as good as what you put in. So DC Expert has the ability to import up to 39 pieces of data per SKU. Now, in my entire career, everywhere I've gone, every operation I've walked into, nobody has 39 pieces of data. That is, that is absolutely crazy. But what this allows us to do is have one solution which can cover all industries and all markets. We don't need to build a custom solution and take extra time and extra money on integration. Right? For something like DC Expert, our average implementation time, we measure in days, about five to seven days. So the rack selection, I talked a little bit about it. We get the macro slotting functionality. This is by indicating what type of medium a product should be stored and should be, uh, and should be picked in. We look at both the physical cost and the variable costs. This is just a little information about how it actually works. We create a matrix. Uh, we check for whether or not that 
uh, whether or not it can fit within uh, your SKU can fit within that uh, that storage medium, and then we look at your minimums and maximums, and we remove racks one by one until we calculate the best fixed cost. Now, after we do the rack selection, we move on to what we call uh, the dock planner. Now, this, uh, in simple terms, we're going to look at what are you shipping, what are you bringing in and out on a daily basis, as far as cases or as far as pallets go. And if you're starting, if you're doing, um, if you're doing a greenfield project, what this is going to do is say, based off your inbound and outbound, you should have a dock which is a 10,000 square feet or a 20,000 square foot dock. Right? It's going to tell you how much area, actual physical area, you will need. And then we're able to run a nice little simulation where we can see our, our uh, pie graph where it'll tell you how much marshalling area you need, what you need for your sundry area, how many docks you need, or how many doors you need, and if there's a non-activity-based area, we can add that in as well. Now, this is where we get into the real fun stuff, right, where we start talking about slotting. One of the first things that we want to do is build a model of your warehouse. And we do this very, very quickly and very, very easily. Now, this is always a recurring theme. So you're going to hear me say I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'll apologize ahead of time. Quick and easy, quick and easy. So it looks similar to, uh, kind of similar to a CAD drawing, but what we're able to do here is draw in 3D and capture the X, Y, and Z coordinates of every single location within your warehouse so we can start building that travel model. We can add in things uh, like column logic. If you have columns within your warehouse, uh, we can add in the columns, make sure that we build the racking around your columns. We'll calculate how many pallet spaces, how many pick faces you may be uh, losing due to having, um, you know, due to putting your racking uh, around your columns or increasing the flue space so that your rack, so that your columns are always within the flue so you don't lose the pick faces. We have a nice, it may be a little hard to see, but... Maybe a little hard to see, but off to the side. Yep. Happy one, two, two. Hey, yep. Yep. Somebody from another one, maybe. Uh, we see a calculation with the total number of pick face, total number, uh, total number of base pallets, and the total number of beams, and the total number of uprights. So this is an instantaneous calculation. Uh, now, if anybody has done any sort of racking design in the past, if you're doing it within your own DC, you know that chances are you're doing this within Microsoft Excel. And you're putting in formulas, and you're checking, uh, you're checking counting number of cells, checking number of lines. This here will do it for you, as I said, instantaneously. So we input the dimensions of the pallet. Any kind of racking, any kind of storage medium that you may have in your DC, we can accommodate for it here in DC Expert. Everything is fully customizable. Uh, we can put in everything, everything down to the pallet clearance, uh, the liftoff space. As I talked about the flue space, we can make it larger, we can make it smaller. doesn't matter if you're using you know, your typical adjustable pallet racking or you have some kind of custom solution. We will be able to model it out within DC Expert. And then we get into the fun stuff, the slotting. So just show of hands here, who's, who, who does slotting on a daily basis or who has done this before? Who knows what I'm talking about when I'm saying slotting? Don't be shy, don't be shy. All right. Somebody just yell out, what do you do? How do you slot? What do you use? Do you use a software solution or do you use something else? Excel. Excel. <laughs> I knew it. Everybody use Excel, probably, most people. And 96%, or 90, yeah, probably about 96% of the people are using Excel to slot. I was on a little anecdote here. I'm not even sure if I told you this. A few months ago, I was, uh, I was with a customer. We were doing some training here at DC Expert, and we were showing how quickly we can do the slotting, how quickly we can draw out the warehouse and get the SKU information in. 
and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more uh, in depth as we go on. But we always say if you take a modest number of SKUs, 20, 25,000 SKUs, once we get this data put into DC Expert, we're going to slot these, tw these 25,000 SKUs in about 11 minutes. So we get things done very, very, again, quick and easy, quick and easy. This customer, when I showed him this, was telling me he's going back about 10 years. He was slotting uh, 100,000 SKUs for one of his customers uh, here in the U.S. And he said he spent three weeks. He was in a hotel. He was slotting using the Excel. And he had his laptop sitting on top of, excuse me, sitting on top of the air conditioner inside his hotel because it kept on overheating, overheating, overheating. He was using it so much and it took him about three weeks to do it. When I showed him all 100,000 SKUs, give us 30 minutes and we'll get this slotted for you. So within Slotmaster, we also look at your pick path. We can look at your linear pick path uh, and your vertical pick path. So whatever you do or whatever you have in your current WMS, we can model it out within DC Expert so we know that we're directing your pickers in the right way. We have preloaded uh, preloaded linear pick paths set within the software. If you use a sawtooth pattern, uh, a Z pattern, U-shaped uh, serpentine, or again, anything custom, we can build up a custom solution here as well. This is what we call our Pareto slotting, right? So we can slot on multi-layers here. If you know what your order Pareto is, if you've got a typical 80-20 order Pareto or somewhere within, um, this example I usually like to, to, to talk about more shelving if you're doing case pick or, or unit pick. Ergonomics, obviously you want to make sure that your picking is as ergonomically pleasing, I guess, as, as possible. So we can tell DC Expert to look at the data that we put in, look at the velocity information, take my top 20%, my A movers, and make sure they're all slotted on the second level. Right? Ergonomic as possible, make it easy to pick. We want to put maybe my fastest, mo my fastest movers in the middle, my uh, medium movers up top, and my slow movers, my C movers down at the bottom. It just gives us more options for slotting. Right? This isn't necessary, but if we know this information, the more information we have, the more efficient we can have a slotting model at the end. We can also have Slotmaster incorporate directly with your ERP and with your WMS. Now what this does is just help the, uh, the whole data import uh, and export portion of it. Right now, as I said, with 39 pieces of data, there is some work that needs to be done by your data analysts, by your IC teams to gather all of this data, put it in an Excel template. Everything we put in, everything we bring out, we use Excel. Right? And for you guys that use Excel, especially if you do it for slotting, I would imagine you're probably fairly advanced users in Excel. We know how easy it can be to manipulate data. So everything going in and going out, we use Excel. If we implement this, if we incorporate it with your current WMS, we can make them speak the same language. Even if you have just a basic, even if it's a small DC and you say, I just want my fastest movers at the front of my pick path, obviously basic slotting model, we can do that. We can take this to the next level. I say we can make slotting as simple or as complex as you really need it to be. Okay? We can do zone picking. We can slot by velocity, by weight. Um, if you're dealing with seasonal, um, seasonal items, uh, crushabilities, toxicity factors, Again, guys, 39 pieces of data. You name it, we can put it in, right? and we can slot by it. And again, quickly and easily, quickly and easily, five to seven days implementation time. We can run an entire slotting model in a day, depending on the size of the warehouse. 
We get into our optimization uh, wizard. These are all just screenshots, guys, taken directly from uh, directly from the software. We can slot by uh, product family. We can, of course, have multiple pick faces. We can choose to deselect certain locations if we've got you know that one location that's in the back of every single DC. At least that I've always walked in. Some people seem to have uh, you know it's a it's a wrapped up Xerox machine that's put up somewhere in in their racking, or it's old office furniture, or their files. You know these things that you can walk by and write your name in the dust. Right? We know we have those there. We know they're not going anywhere. So I want to make sure that when I'm doing my model, it's not going to come out and say, well, I want one of my fastest movers in that location. So we're just going to pull it out all together. Okay. We can see our cube utilization as we're running the software. We can see it being slotted item by item, and we can see how much of the physical cube it's taking up in every one of the locations. Zone balancing, right? If we're talking about we want to look at uh, you know, congestion, we want to keep down on congestion. Even if we're going to put our fastest movers right at the beginning of a pick path, we want to make sure that when my pickers get that first assignment, I don't have 10, 12 pickers all rushing to the exact same location. So what we can do is we can balance the activity across multiple zones. Okay? So we kind of keep down on that congestion a little bit. Mm. I guess it wasn't in there. So my apologies, I'm going to come back to another slide here. Uh, we can come back here. Okay. Uh, Pay, we're going to talk about pick pass for one quick second because there's something that I guess we don't have in our uh, uh, in our in our presentation. Uh, for those of you who either work in a DC or manage a DC, um, linear pick paths. Who has their pickers walking up and down the aisle, bouncing back and forth? Right? Up one aisle, down the other, up one, down the other. Right? Center of gravity. Does that mean anything to anybody? Who has heard of a center of gravity picking model? Anybody? One person. Perfect. You can explain it to all of us. I'm just joking. Uh, no, really not very many, right? Not very many. In almost every presentation I do, every customer I talk to, center of gravity, everybody says, well, what is that? What is that? Unfortunately, I don't have a visual here, but what we can do within DC Expert is we can pick one center point. Easiest way to explain it is to your shipping dock or your shrink wrapping machine. Everything that you pick, everything that your pickers pick, everything they put on a pallet, put in a tote, it's going to end up in one place. Everything, you might pick it from a different spot, but it always ends up in the same place, either at your shrink wrapper or at your, uh, or at your shipping dock. So what we can do is we can pinpoint that spot and then slot around it. So rather than going up and down your aisles, we're going to have all of your fastest movers. They may be spread across four or five different aisles, but they're all going to be within, uh, within a very, very short distance to where they're eventually going to end up anyway. Okay? So what we've seen in your... Sorry, folks, I'll just drop in on the math on the center of gravity model. When you're using Excel, you're basically using an Excel sheet, say, and you're doing a sort on that. You're saying, I'll take my number one skew, put it in location one, location two, skew number two. And you're basically doing a sort in a linear model. Uh, if you're familiar with transport models, uh, typically we use either stem miles, we use center of gravity models. When you're saying, where should I put my DC? It's in the center of an area and we work all the travel out in that. We don't use that technology in the warehouse. That's not available uh, using Excel. So when we built DC Expert 15 years ago, we wanted to build it based on a transit model since the, the number one 
uh, area of cost inside your warehouse is labor, and on that labor, 50% of that labor is just travel. So if we can attack that big bucket of cost, which is travel inside the warehouse, how could we do it? So we did a series of models, and the science drove the decision that a center of gravity model works for about 90% of the customers on the market versus a linear model. So if I'm in grocery, I'm very predictive in what I'm picking. I want to have a center of gravity model and then sort of breaks. But let's say I'm in automotive parts and I've got 200,000 parts. Um, and on a typical assignment, I give my warehouse worker, he's got 22 lines to pick. Do I want him to walk by 100,000 SKUs to pick 22 lines? If I have a linear model, I'm forcing him up and down the aisles to pick those. So the center of gravity model was designed to reduce the travel. And so the science says that if the pick ratio of one skew uh, or one, one skew to blind is 40 to one or less, then you should use a linear model like Excel. If the skew to pick ratio is greater than 40 to one, the beginning savings in travel is 18% using a center of gravity model. So using our center of gravity model, you actually had a slide up there. Um, let's go down where you are. Keep going. We'll get there. Next one. So this is actually what we're talking about is the center of gravity. Center of gravity can be positioned anywhere in your building. So as Neil had said, maybe it's a Q&A area or it's a shrink wrap machine, but what we're trying to do is reduce the travel. If I were to balance my activity across three lanes, um, and through that, I could literally reduce my travel by considerable methods. So if you're running a mezzanine, you're running a kick the light scenario, uh, you've got shelving units, forcing your people up and down these aisles uh, is essentially massive travel. If you're running a conveyor down the middle of the aisle, uh, you cannot slot that linearly. You actually, your center of gravity is the conveyor, and you push the activity out towards the ends of the aisles. Many different ways to use the center of gravity model. But where we get to is the beginning statement, and there's 5% of the businesses out there where center of gravity is not applicable. The rest of the businesses out there will benefit by having the ability to slot by center of gravity. So if you think right now that you're using Excel, and that's that 96% of you that are out there using that, you have 96% of the people, companies out there using Excel, but 95% of them actually benefit from center of gravity models. So 18% is the beginning of uh, the curve. So 18% less travel. So let's work at fast numbers. If 50% of your labor is travel, and I reduce that by 18%, that gets me about 9% of my labor inside my building right off the top by switching to a center of gravity model. The data's been there. Uh, I would say the proof cases around the globe, uh, our typical remit for our clients using that center of gravity model is somewhere between eight and 15% on any particular uh, operation. Sorry. Thanks very much. <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> so once we get through, we have a fifth, the last module that comes within DC Expert is called the benchmark. Now this is where we start looking at KPIs and we look at labor planning. Okay, we use engineer, we use industrial engineered databases, right, to calculate average KPIs within 
um, within your, your operation. So this is where we can we could do our slotting model if we do something like this. Lee's saying we are uh, we can reduce our travel time by 18%. We can now take this information, put it into our benchmark software, right, where we use uh, it says 72 touch points of labor, so 17, uh, or sorry, 72 measures of information, 17 mandatory. Others, if we have the information, great. If we don't, that's okay. We can go through uh, that we use to calculate the work performance. So we can take the information we're getting from the slotting tool, put it into our benchmark, and then say if I do this reslot, not only what is it going to save me on a pick on a, on a, a cost per case um, basis every time I pick this, but what is this going to do for me in terms of, um, of man hours? What is it going to do for me in terms of headcount? And again, I've worked for three PLs before. Uh, I've, I've, I've been, again, I said it, in a lot of places, and what I'm always pushed on right, by a director or by a boss is headcount. It's headcount. Drive that headcount down. Drive that headcount down. This is a way where we can take it and actually measure it and say, if we do this slotting, if we redo a different, bit of a, a different kind of a slotting model, this is what it can save me as far as man hours go. And I talked a little bit about our data integration module. This is where we can make uh, DC experts speak directly with your WMS uh, or, with your, or with your ERP. Okay. It's, uh, it's all done uh, using an SQL database. And, and that's, uh, that's basically everything, guys. Uh, any questions? Any questions? We've gone a little long, I think, but yep. So in case everybody didn't hear, uh, he asked, looking at a center of gravity model, I'm not sure that's even working, uh, how do we prevent the, the congestion? So we talked about the center of gravity model and we talked about zone balancing and we talked about multiple other methods to slot. Right? They're not all uh, exclusive. Right? We can add them all together. We can use a center of gravity model plus the zone balancing as well. And so what, the way we do it is we look at the slotting. We, we do it on three different tiers. We look at a family group level, we look at a stock level, and a location level. And we can add different business rules into this algorithm okay, to build what is going to end up being the most, uh, the most efficient way to slot our building. Right. It's yeah. The center of gravity is not in the storage. Yeah. So what what Lee is saying here is is the center of gravity model. Just because we put a point uh, maybe towards the top of a storage medium, it doesn't mean that we're slotting all of the products right in that point. We're still going to fan out without uh, within the storage medium. Yeah. We'll try and get this so we can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure the mic is working. With the. It's with not. the center of gravity. I mean, my experience is that mm -hmm. I have to kill it because somebody was hitting on my frequency. Oh, so that's not even working? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what, again, if everybody can't hear that, he's saying if he has over 30 dock doors and you could have different pick assignments uh, across the entire warehouse. So where we can put in one center of gravity, what we can also do is preferred points for family groupings. So if you have maybe different customers or, like you said, different pick assignments, we can say I have one, say let's call it a master center of gravity, which is at my dock doors, but now across my entire DC, I have one product grouping which I want to concentrate here, another product grouping here, another product grouping there. And we can do that for as many family groups as we have. Even if we don't have family groups, if you think about it, something that you're not doing in your current DC, 
Right? Maybe there's ways that, that you can group things together to add in some family groups. It's a bit of an open field. Right? So then you can you know, try different things. Quick and easy, guys. This, this is the name of the game. When we can do, uh, when we do a full implementation within seven days, if you're slotting 50,000 SKUs in you know, 15 minutes, under 20 minutes, I always tell people you almost do yourself a disservice to only do it one time. Right? Because we can run it so quickly, run various models. What we're able to do is pull out comparison reports. Again, in Excel, make it quick and easy, where we can look at um, run one, a center of gravity is going to cost me this much to pick, and a linear pick path is going to cost me this much to pick. And we can break this down at the skew level. So we can look at every single skew, not just an overall cost. So the goal here is to not make a move if it's going to cost me money. Or more importantly, if it's not going to make me money, then leave it where it is. Let's only make the moves that are going to be good for the business. Any other questions? Yeah. Uh, so what he's asking everybody here is uh, how often do you recommend do you recommend slotting? And I always tell people it really it depends on the business, right? It depends on the business. Me personally, I come from a grocery distribution background, so seasonality changes were huge. Every major holiday, six weeks leading up to it, we would have some products which could have up to a three thousand percent spike. So we would want to make sure we do this reslotting. We have some customers that'll do it twice a year, just a bit of a sense check to make sure that they're still picking as efficiently as possible. We have some customers three PLs which will do this multiple times a day. Right? Because we can do it so quickly, if you have an order preview and you know that, well, four hours from now, I have a, I have a good idea as to what I'm going to be picking. This now gives you, let's say, three hours to run a slotting model, do a reslot. This way, when you do pick, you're picking as efficiently as you can. So it really depends on the business. Hmm? E-commerce, uh, e anybody working with e-commerce? A few? <laughs> so in e-commerce, one of the challenges that historical data, what I did the last two weeks, isn't, doesn't give me any value of what I might be getting in the future. So being able to turn around forecasted data uh, or what's in my order hopper over the next 12 hours really drove the ability to slot faster, better, smarter. So we do actually, one of our clients, uh, is in DVD business. Uh, they have 50,000 SKUs um, in their pick line, but they have 500,000 SKUs in their warehouse. Uh, they never know what's going to sell tomorrow. Uh, and let's, you know, not knock, knock on wood, but if Robert De Niro passed away today, uh, there would be a rush on Raging Bull from 1976, which they haven't given away uh, in the last 20 years. But that could clutter up because uh, they would have to get that out of their warehouse and put it into their primary picking. And they would have to be able to do that in a, in a format that says, oh, we need to move that up. The idea being that we, if we take the next 12 hours, we could then slot that 12 hours and come up with a cost-effective model that says, I need to move this number of SKUs into the primary picking area uh, to save X amount of dollars. So we're doing that for them and they're actually slotting every hour and they run 42,000 SKUs every hour. We have another client who has four different picking assignments. They have uh, case pick, slow case pick, fast layer pick and slow layer pick. And for them the costs associated with each one of those as picking cases uh, could run anywhere from 4 cents to 32 cents. 
And since they're picking somewhere around 80,000 cases a day, getting the SKUs in the right storage medium and into the right assignment is something to them is, is very valuable. So having to slot those 6,000 SKUs, because it's an e-commerce type operation, they're slotting those 6,000 SKUs every four hours. And what they're seeing is somewhere between 18 to 19% savings in the day by getting the SKU in the right assignment daily. So with e-commerce, what it's doing is it's shortening our window on how and when we slot. So businesses who are slotting once a year now are making moves off the top of their head, um, and we'll call it flying by the seat of their pants, uh, without looking at the relationship of SKU to SKU. So building software now that allows me to do things, dump in just the new activity file, and run me a model and tell me what are the top 10 or the top 50 SKUs that I can move in the next hour is where the, the market is going. And having that hooked up to your WMS or doing it manually, the challenge is still do the plan first, get the plan to the floor. Uh, whereas before, somebody who's doing 500 moves in a year, they're going to take three weeks to do that. Now we want to be able to do that in hours. So the models are being forced us as logisticians to look faster, better, smarter. Building a platform to be able to do that that has over 100,000 different algorithms uh, took 15 years and 8 million lines of code. Uh, so we're not talking about something that's written on the back of Excel. However, our typical client success, as Neil had mentioned, they're up and running in five to seven days. So the fewer SKUs, the faster the time is to get up and running. Are there any other questions? We ran way over. They didn't turn the clock for a while. That's right. <laughs> Thanks.